Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hocus pocus in the morning. Right, Peyton? Hocus pocus in the morning. All right. Let's do this. Chapter 10 of Hocus Pocus. Allison began to stir, which woke up Max from one of the deepest sleeps of his life. Hi, he said to her, unable to hide his smile. She smiled back. Hi, she said sheepishly. She picked up the clock near her hip. Oh my God, it's five o'clock. My parents are going to kill me. I should go. She leapt up and grabbed her sweater. Max stretched. I wish you could stay, he said. Allison looked at him. At first, a worried look passed over her face. She was unsure of what he meant and where he wanted this to go. But his dopey grin made her relax. Hey, Max said, straightening as he woke, straightening as he woke more fully and realized she was worried not only about being out so late, but being out late with a boy. Well, we'll figure it out together, okay? You can say you can say Danny got sick on sugar and I needed help. Danny will vouch for you. Plus, my parents will my parents saw us together out in public. They know we weren't, you know. Maybe I'll say gr- the girls kidnapped me as a prank, Allison said thoughtfully. Max nodded. Allison would know best, he realized, but he, but it made him wonder if she didn't want her parents to know about him at all. Maybe he'd misread her sign, or maybe he'd misread her again and she didn't really like him back. Or maybe she did, but she was embarrassed about it. He got to his feet and stuffed his hands into his pocket. I'll walk you back, he offered. Allison glanced at Danny, who was still asleep. The dark curving of curving line of the cat of the black cat was pressed against her cheek. Poor Binks, Allison said. Max looked at him too. Yeah, poor Binks, he said, thinking of their conversation in the park. He couldn't imagine being separated from his family for so long. Danny had meant well, but she had dozens of generations of denizens who would look after him. But Max knew that her promise wasn't much comfort to Thackeray Binks. We owe him a lot, Max added. Allison nodded. Look, he said, can we find some kind of way to help him? Allison thought about their proposal. The book, she said. The witches use it to put a spell on him. Maybe there's a way to take it off. She dropped her sweater on Max's cluttered desk and walked back to the loft staircase. Where she where she plopped down and took the book off the step. I don't know, Max said. Binks told us not to open it. Allison picked up the spell book. Every time, that, every time she picked it up, it seemed to get heavier. But the witches are dead, she said. What harm could they do? Max nodded, thinking it over. Well, just be careful. I will, said Allison, smirking. She undid the clasp and strapped the cover closed, then reached Max's arm. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, she said. He did happily. Allison took a breath and lifted the cover. She skimmed the first page, which included a list of names that she would as- had assumed belonged to belong to for owners of the book. Gwen- Gwenilla Arden, Odalina Arden, Ice, um, oh gosh, Isode Fitzero, Mathilda Picarthy, Eve and Amos and Francis Harvey, and then Cecily Sanderson, Emma, 
Emma Sanderson, Drusilla Sanderson, Winifred Sanderson, and last, Elizabeth Sanderson. That's all, or that's odd, Allison said, exclaiming the final name on, on the list. She ran her finger over it. What's, what is she, Max asked. The last name on the list wasn't Winifred, she said, shaking her head as she turned the first page of the spell. Max leaned forward to rest his chin on her shoulder. Nothing here so far, she said, flipping to the next page. Oh, that is interesting. Who's Elizabeth Sanderson? Hmm. Winifred Sanderson left the window, left the window of her child. Wait, Winifred Sanderson left the window of her childhood home and dragged her tired body to a fainting couch in the corner. This was the same chase upon which her mother had birthed her and her three sisters. Quietly, all alone, their... It as was a witch's way. Mary and Sarah, even Mary and Sarah, and even the two imprisoned boys watched as Winifred settled herself into the fainting couch and began to weep into her hands, ash and ash-stricken skirt. The sun would rise soon, and she'd expire in the small house alongside her hopeless sisters. And then what? She thought. Winifred sobbed even harder. She was afraid to go back to the place to fill filled with fire and brimstone and catty witches or worse to go to no place at all the idea of death chilled her to the marrow oh winnie said mary gently do you want to hit me oh my gosh weird she knelt down and placed her hand on her sister's wrist would that cheer you up winifred batted her hand away and mary sighed straightening she helped winifred put up her feet there you go she said plucking a fan and opening the wash for some air to to fresh air over Winifred's Winifred's face. This is the end, Winifred said. I feel it. No, Mary said, reassuring, pumping the fan with more gusto. But Winifred didn't believe her. No, Winifred knew that she would draw her last breath in the same house where she'd drawn her first. We're doomed, Winifred said. I feel the icy bath of death upon my neck. The thought made her sick. She'd always been destined for more than these four walls. She'd been destined for greatness. Her tea leaves had always said so, which meant something. Winifred thought, and even if she'd nudged the leaves around once or twice to properly decode them. Mary, she said, looking barely as if she couldn't see her sister right next to her. Take me to the window. I wish to say goodbye. She struggled to rise, and Mary hurried to help her. Goodbye, goodbye, cruel world, goodbye to life. Winifred reached open the window and leaned in heavily on the sill. Mary, Mary wondered, Mary worried that not even the house's sturdy foundation could keep her sister on her feet. Goodbye to all of that, she said sadly. As she did, she noticed something in the distance and straightened. Sister, she said, reaching for Mary's arm, observe. Over the dark treetops, near a full heavy moon, shone a light of a reddish beam. They opened it, Winifred crowed, energy pumping back into her body. Ha ha, just when our time was running out, come, we fly. She dragged Mary to the closet. Sarah trailed behind them. Their own brooms were gone, leaving only a few objects for, for cleaning left behind by humans who had turned their beloved house into a shop. Winifred, who was the first to look inside, snatched up the only broom. Sarah took out a mop, holding her nose to the smell. <sighs> and Mary fused over the upright vacuum. What about us? Ernie called from the witch's retreating backs. Jay hushed him, but not before Sarah turned to him with a sultry, convincing smile. 
Oh, we'll have plenty of time for you, she said. She blew them a kiss and followed her sisters through the front door. Hmm. Interesting. Allison, who was becoming impatient with the number of the spells in the huge book, turned to a new page. Oh, listen to this one, she said, happy to have found anything useful at all. Only a circle of salt can protect thy victims from thy power. There was a yowl, and Binks leapt onto Max's lap and shoved the book shut. He climbed on top of it to keep Allison from reopening it and then hissed at Max and Allison in turn. We're just trying to help you, said Allison. Binks batted her shoulder. Well, don't, he said. Nothing good can come from this book. He turned to swat Max's face. You got it? With that, he leapt and down and padded back over to where Danny was sleeping. Max looked apologetically at Allison. Maybe we should go now, he said. She hesitantly... She hesitated before nodding. Okay, she agreed, sounding disappointed. She set the book back on the loft staircase and followed Max out of his room. Come on, he said. I'll walk you home. They're just going to leave Danny? I guess. Um, I think, I know. I think, in the, here's the thing. I think in the movie, like when you watch it, you all think that they're like, they're all neighbors. But when you realize that Max's house I don't know if it shows it in the movie, but Max's house is, like, right by the ocean. It's, like, right by the by the beach. Like, from looking at it at certain angles, you can see the water in the back. And Salem isn't right next to the beach. It's, like, ten minutes away. So, but we wouldn't know that if unless we were there. Which we're going in December. If anybody lives near or in Salem that's listening to this, that is a kid, maybe we can all do, like, a little meet and greet. I don't know how many people listen to us in Salem. Yeah, comment if you live in Salem. Yeah, comment if you live in Salem. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'm a comment and Dasher and... Yeah, comment and Dasher and Prancer and Vixen. 